This word quickening just comes to me. Quickened in your spirit, quickened in your body, but you can also be quickened in your soul. You you can be quickened in your mind. And uh, I believe that one of the best ways to experiencing, experiencing a quickening in your soul, in your mind, to keep your mind intact and to keep your mind sound until Jesus returns. I believe one of the best ways to do that is speaking God's word over your soul. Speaking God's word over your soul. Speaking God's word over your mind, over your will, and over your emotions. Speaking God's word by saying things like this. I have a sound mind. I do have a sound mind. You see, you once had an unsound mind, but now you've got a sound mind. Because the Spirit is continuously quickening you. Just like He's continuously quickening you in your body, He continuously quickens us in our mind, in our soul. Even though our soul and our mind becomes bombarded with the cares of this life. Even though our soul and our mind becomes bombarded with the fiery darts of the wicked one. When God is for you, when God is on your side, when He given you the mind of Christ, you don't have to yield to fear because the Spirit of the Lord is quickening you in your mind. Amen. Say it with me. I have a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not trying to get the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of the anointed one. You have the mind of the anointed one and his anointing. Oh, glory to God. And so don't settle for anything less than God's best. God's best is for all of us to live out our days in fullness until we're satisfied. And to live all of our days out being quickened in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. It is God's will that you be kept intact. It is God's will that you be kept whole until Jesus returns. It is God's will that you have a sound mind, a whole mind, not a forgetful mind. Not losing your mind, but the older you get, getting keener, getting sharper, and getting quicker in your mind. Don't buy in to the lie. Don't buy the lie that you're losing your mind. Say with me, I'll never, never, ever, ever lose my mind. Because I have a quickener who lives on the inside of me. He quickens me in my soul. My soul is sharp. Now the memory of the righteous, the memory that those that God has put into right standing with Him, the memory of the righteous is blessed. So don't curse your soul by saying, oh, I just can't seem to remember. I always seem to forget. Oh, I'm so forgetful. Get that out of your vocabulary. You are the just 
and the just are not on the same level of those who are outside of the covenant. You've got a covenant with the covenant-keeping God, and part of that covenant is a sound mind. Part of that covenant is a quickened mind. Hallelujah. Stop thinking about, stop talking about how forgetful you are, And start believing and talking how sharp you are. Hallelujah. How bright you are. How you are being quickened day by day. Amen. Now another thought right here is found over in Psalm 103. Look at Psalm 103 and we'll look at verses 1 through 5. The 103rd Psalm. Notice this. It said, Bless the Lord, O my what? O my soul. I believe that the more that you bless the Lord out of your heart, and the more that you keep your mind and your thoughts set on Him, and as you bless Him, oh, great things will happen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is is within me, do what? Bless His holy name. name. Now verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Notice this word, and forget not. Forget not. Forget not. Why would he tell us to forget not? Because many are forgetting. Many have been acquainted with some of the benefits of their salvation, but because they haven't kept it in their heart, they have lost the revelation of the benefit of being blessed in their spirit, in their soul, in their body. He said here, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. One of the benefits of being a born-again believer is to have a quickened mind. One of the benefits of your covenant is to have a sound mind. And when the world all around you is losing their mind, thank God you have a sound mind. Say with me, I have a sound mind. It's one of your benefits. It's one of, how many of you like to have benefits on the job? Benefits on the job are good. Health benefits. Dental benefits, all sorts of benefits. Well, thank God we've got a health benefit in the kingdom of God. And part of this healing and health benefit is to have a sound mind. I don't know why I'm getting off on this today, but someone needs to hear it. I need to hear it. How about you? Forget not all his benefits. Verse 3. Who forgiveth, and ble- who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Next verse. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. The enemy's a destroyer. His goal, his design is to bring you down. But we serve a master, we serve a God who has redeemed us, is redeeming us, and will redeem us from destruction. Oh, thank you, Lord. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, read it with me. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. I think we could do a little bit better than that. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. 
I'm being renewed every day. I'm being renewed. You're being renewed in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. So forget not all his benefits. In other words, keep saying, keep believing, keep declaring the things I'm encouraging you to do today. Amen? Amen. And you will experience what verse 5 says. He'll satisfy your mouth with good things. And he will renew your life like the eagles. Now folks, if you don't like the way that your life is going. If you don't like the way that your, your, your life is taking its course. I think it's time to change course. I think it's time to change directions. And God has given you a rudder. God has given you a rudder. God has given you a tongue. Whereby if you, your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. If you don't like the direction you're going in, change directions. If you don't like the direction that your life is going in, change your words. Now notice with me in James, the first chapter, the third chapter. And notice with me in verse 1 and 2. James chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2 says, Brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Verse 2. If any, in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is what kind of a man? Now don't let that word perfect throw you. The word perfect there means complete or developed. The same is a perfect man and able also to bridle Or to control what? In other words, if your words are not offensive, if your words are not filled with fear and doubt and unbelief, you're well on your way to become complete and fully developed. But not only that, it will help you to bridle or to control your body. Our bodies will respond to faith-filled words. Your kidneys will respond to faith-filled words. Your life will respond to faith-filled words. And if your words can control your body, faith-filled words can control your mind. Amen? Now notice with me. In in the uh, NIV it says this. The NIV says, read it with me. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Do you like that? See, there's a cooperation there that takes place. There's a quickener, but then there's also our response to being quickened. And that has to do what we believe on a consistent basis and what we say on a consistent basis. Notice verses 3, 4, and 5 of James chapter 2, James chapter 3. Notice verse 3 through 5. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Verse 4. Behold also the ships which they be so great and are driven with fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the captain or the governor listeth. Verse 5. It goes on to say, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. So in James the third chapter, we see the utmost importance of our words. 
We see it very clearly. Now, I love what the message translation says. So let's pull the message translation of verses 2 through 5. And let's read this together. Ready? Read. Go ahead. And none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect, perfect, in perfect control of life. Verse 3. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. Verse 4. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. Verse 5. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark. Remember to set off a forest fire. Again, we see the power of words. So very, very important. In every day of our lives, we've been given a choice. I mean, every time you wake up in the morning, you have a choice that's set before you. And the choice that is set before you is either life or death. It is either blessing or cursing. And in Deuteronomy, it says it so clearly in verse 19. He said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, make the right choice. I pray that as you listen to this word, that it will stir you up in your spirit. To make the right choice. To speak life and to speak blessing. Because as you do speak life and blessing, it will impact not only your life, but it also can impact your seed. You see, what we say is important for us, but it's also important for those that are around us. What you say in the home, your children hear. What you say at the dinner table, your grandbabies hear. What you say when the heat is on, is seen by those around you. What you say when the doctor's report comes back and it's not a good report makes a great impact on your life and in the lives around us. God's given you the choice and your tongue is the chooser. I choose life. I choose blessing. I'm not going to curse what God has blessed. I'm not going to curse what Jesus came to redeem me from. He came to redeem you and me from the curse of the law. And therefore, I'm going to side in on the victory side of life. I'm going to speak words of life, speak words of blessing, speak words of health, speak words of strength, speak words of joy. Will anyone join me in that? What about the rest of you? See... It's very true. We, we choose life and we choose the blessing by believing and speaking words of life and words of blessing. Yeah. Let's try that on for size right now. Say it with me. Christ, Christ has, redeemed me has redeemed me from the curse of the law. The of you, said word, you said in your word, let the redeemed of the Lord, the of the Lord say so. I believe that I have been redeemed from sin and death. I believe 
And I say that Christ has redeemed me from an unsound mind. Christ has redeemed me from poverty, from sickness, and from spiritual death. I believe that for poverty, I have wealth. For sickness, I have health. For death, He's given me eternal life. I am the redeemed of the Lord. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. You are the redeemed. And as the redeemed of the Lord, we have been given a new language. As the redeemed of the Lord, we have been given new eyes. He's given us spiritual eyes that we might see the way He sees. And as the entrance of His Word comes into your life, your spiritual eyes will begin to see what God is saying to you. The lights will go on and your days of darkness, your days of depression are over with. Amen. Now look at Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. And notice this verse in verse 21. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says this. That death and life, blessing and cursing, sickness and health, an unsound mind or a sound mind. We keep getting at that today. Death and life, lack and abundance are in the power of your speech are in the power of your tongue. When you hook your speaker up with your believer, you've got a two-fold blessing going on. What you believe and what you say will produce life or death or blessing and cursing. So I ask you today, does it matter what we say? Does it really matter what we say? Are we just wasting time here in church? I mean, we could go watch the A's on television. We could get ready to go to the Giants game today. Are we wasting time talking about faith-filled words? Doesn't matter what we say. Well, how much does it matter? It is a matter of life and death. It is a matter of blessing and cursing. It is a matter of you having a sound mind or of you going absolutely nuts with the rest of this crazy world. It's a matter of life and death. If you want to change your life, change your words. Here's what we know about words. Words carry the power of life and death. Words are power-packed. Words bless or curse. Words build up or tear down. Words bring forth great things or destroy our lives. Words frame our worlds. Words turn things around. Words direct our lives. And words set the rudder and the course of our life. I tell you today that words are vital. Words are important. And so be very, very diligent about how you use your words. 
They're like tools, if you will, in the realm of the Spirit. God's Word is Spirit and life. Coaches, teachers, parents, and friends, your words can hurt or help. They can encourage or discourage. They can affect someone's self-confidence and self-worth. Use your words. Use your influence to speak life to someone. I thank God for people that have spoken faith-filled words over my life. You know, when I didn't believe in myself, someone believed in me. And they came along my side and they taught me the value of speaking and believing words about myself. Now, these are not words that you get out of the world. These are words that you get out of the word. And when you get these words out of the word and you put them into your heart and you begin to speak them with your mouth, it'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you see yourself. Death and life. They're in the power of the tongue. Think about it. What an amazing gift to be able to speak God's word. What an amazing gift. And here's what real faith does. Real faith simply says about oneself what the word of God has said about them. Say it with me, I am what the word of God says I am. I can do what the Word of God says I can do. I have what the Word of God says I have. You see, in spite of what the world may tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you didn't grow up with, with wealth, you didn't grow up with influence, the Word of God trumps anything that the world would say to you. The Word says that you can, you can, you can do all things which Christ through Christ which strengthens you. Say it with me, I can do what the Word of God says I can do. Now whatever God said about you, you can say about yourself. Look at this principle in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, in verse 5 and 6. You folks listen so good, some of you fell asleep. Woo! Glory! Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up! Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 5 and 6. Amen. Notice with me the last word there. For he has said, here's what he said. He said about you that I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never relax my hold on you. I just want you to know that my grip on you will never slip. I'm not going to leave you without support. I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Now, what does that mean? That means I cannot talk about how lonely I am. I cannot sing that song by the Bee Gees anymore. Lonely days. Lonely nights, where would I be without my lover? No, you're not alone. I said, you're not alone. In the midnight hour, you're not alone. Here's what he said. This is what God said. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now notice the next verse. Because he said it, now we can boldly say something. 
Now no, no, notice this with me. It doesn't say weekly say. It doesn't say, okay, I'm, I'm going to say what the word says. No! The righteous are bold as a lion. We're not a bunch of wimpy, limp-wristed Christians. We're not the weak and emaciated bunch. We've not been indoctrinated, indoctrinated by a spirit of religion where we just don't know. We just, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. We know what God's going to do. Because he's already said what he's done in his word. Boldly say. Boldly confess. That doesn't mean you need to spot off a bunch of, around a bunch of people that don't know what you're talking about. But for heaven's sake, in your home, in your car, boldly declare what he has said about you. That we may boldly say. I tell you what. He'll never leave me to forsake me. Therefore, I declare he's my helper. He's upholding me by the power of his word. He's helping me. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hallelujah. Let's read this together. Ready, read. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Boldly say what he said. And you're not going to be able to boldly say what he said unless you know what he said. And I think that's a big problem. Many people don't know what he said. They get happy because the pastor knows what he said. They get happy when they turn on the TV and they see Creflo Dollar there. He knows what God has said. But do you know what he said? Do you know what he said about you? That's where the rubber meets the road. To find the word. To believe the word. And to say what he has said. Look at Hebrews the fourth chapter. And notice with me in verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4. And the fourth. Are you doing all right today? I'm doing better than all right. Hebrews, the fourth chapter in the 14th verse. Notice this verse here. Seeing then that we have a wimpy high priest. No, he's a great high priest. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the glory and the lifter up of our head. He is the almighty God. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us then hold fast, what? Whose responsibility is it to hold fast? It's our responsibility to be bold and to hold fast to say what he has said. Now notice this word, let us hold fast our profession. Everyone say, Profession. profession. Now, the Greek word translated profession there is confession, which means to hold fast to saying the same thing. It also means to acknowledge, it means to own, it means to acknowledge faith in, 
You've been given the God-given privilege, the God-given right to affirm, to acknowledge, to confess, and lay claim of the riches that are found in God's Word for you. I love it, don't you? Dad Hagen said this many years ago. He said, your faith will never, ever rise above the level of your confession. You will never possess what you do not confess. You will never profess what you do not confess. Faith will never rise above the level of your confession. What are you saying about yourself? Hebrews 4.14 again says, Let us hold fast to our profession. Now, we have, I think, about four major championships in the world of golf, in the sport of golf. There's the Masters, uh, there's the PGA, and then there's two other big ones, U.S. Open, and then one other one. How many of you are familiar with a a gentleman by the name of Tiger Woods? (laughs) Now, something about Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods does not wait till Saturday to go golfing. (laughs) Tiger Woods is not a Sunday golfer. Now, he golfs on Sunday. But Tiger Woods is a professional. It is his profession. And so as a result of golf being Tiger's profession, Tiger has given himself to the game of golf wholeheartedly. Tiger practices golf. Not just once a week. Not just on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. But Tiger practices golf every day. There's a huge difference between Tiger Woods and me. Now, I golf, but in no way am I professional. I'm the, I'll tell you a, a little bit about me. I'm the kind of guy that goes to the golf course and says, where's the tee? I don't go hit balls to warm up. I don't go on the green to warm up. No. I just go to the first tee. I pull my driver out, and I say, okay, let's go. You know, about 10% of the time, I hit the fairway. (laughs) The other percent of the time, I'm in the bushes or I'm way off. Why is that? Because I'm a weekend warrior. (laughs) You know, that's how a lot of guys get hurt going to play basketball on Saturday and Sunday. They're completely out of shape, about 50 pounds overweight, and they tear their Achilles tendon, and they wonder, how come the Lord done that to me? (laughs) There's a vast difference between a weekend warrior, come on somebody, and a professional. A true Christian does not just practice faith on the weekends but lives it daily. We could say it is his profession. I'm telling you folks, it's more than just speaking the word now and then. It's a lifestyle which affects every aspect of your life. Every aspect. As a Christian, your profession, your confession is your profession. So get a grip. I said, get a grip on this lip and don't let it slip. There's a football coach down in Texas. He was getting tired of his running back fumbling the ball. 
It's very disheartening to get the ball on the 10-yard line in the red zone, and you're about ready to score, and the running back drops the ball. He fumbles the ball. And so what he did for this one high school player, he said, here's what I want you to do. Here's the ball. I want you to bring it to school, and I want you to carry it all day long to your classes. I want you to hold that ball, and I want you to get used to not letting that ball slip. Because he knows on game day that there is an opponent out there that's going to try to get the ball out of his hands. So as a result of him not allowing that grip to slip, he came the next game and scored some awesome touchdowns and they won the victory. Now what are you saying, Pastor Mark? Here is what I'm saying. You must realize that the devil will do anything and everything to make you fumble or to slap your confession out of you. But Hebrews 4.14 says to hold fast to the confession of your faith. The message translation says, let's not, it let, let's not let it slip through our fingers. Hold fast, guys. Hold fast when you don't feel like it. Hold fast in the dry seasons of life. Hold fast when you're on the mountaintop. Hold fast in the daily routines of life. Hold fast when you're down there in the valley. Don't let the word of God slip. Hold on to it with your dear life. Believe it. Speak it. Be bold. And the enemy will not be able to bring you down. And you'll be able to score many touchdowns for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. You see, it's very true. The door to the supernatural, it hinges on believing and speaking. Say it with me, the door to the supernatural, it swings on two hinges. What I believe and what I speak. Christianity is called the great confession. How many of you remember the day you were born again? The day you got saved? I'm not necessarily talking about the day that you got baptized or the day that you went to church. I'm talking about the day that you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That day brought you into the family of God. Now notice with me in Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, your heart is your inner man. Your heart is the core of your being. It's not the blood pump. Your heart is your spirit man. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what will happen? You will be saved. Notice verse 10. Read it with me. It says, For with the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is how you got born again. This is how you get healed. This is how you prosper. This is how you maintain a sound mind. By believing in your heart what God's word says. And by confessing it with your mouth. It brings you unto full salvation in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. Listen. All of God's creation came into existence by speaking. God said... Let there be light, and there was light. Sound 
came before sight. God said it, and then he saw it. And it works the same way for you. God is waiting for a sound of faith coming out of your mouth. God is looking for someone in the whole earth that he can show himself strong toward. God is looking for you to activate your voice, to hear the sound of faith, to where then he can put on a grand performance and watch over his word to perform it on your behalf. Oh, glory to God. I said glory to God. You and I, we've got the spirit of faith, guys. We're not trying to get faith. When we got born again, He gave us the measure of mountain-moving faith. He's placed His faith on the inside of you and on the inside of me. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, We also having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. The spirit of faith, my friends, is the spirit of victory. There's all sorts of things that need to be overcome in our lives. But I'm looking at a congregation of overcomers. You see, because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. One more verse, Mark 11, verse 23. Mark eleven twenty three. The Lord told Brother Hagen, he said this, you'll have to do three times as much preaching about the saying part as you do the believing part. And then the Lord spoke to him. He said, folks are not missing it primarily in the believing part, but they're missing it in the saying part. If your mouth is closed, you'll lose by default. Mark eleven twenty three. Let's read it together. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Say with me, I'm a whosoever, and I have whatsoever. I believe, based on the word, and whatever I speak. Listen to this statement. I love this in closing. Faith moves God. And faith moves mountains. However, faith will not move anything until it moves you. And the first part of you that your faith will move is your mouth. I don't know if you ever thought about it or not, but speaking faith-filled words is the initial act of your faith. It begins by making Jesus the Lord of your life. It begins by believing and speaking. But that same principle holds true all the days of our life. We discover what He said, we simply believe it, we say it, and we act as if it were true. And God performs it on our behalf. Every head bowed and every eye closed.